Well, they said it was a Red Bull track, and it was a Red Bull track, but Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes did minimize the damage as best they could. It's our review of the Mexico City Grand Prix here at the Overtake F1 Podcast. We're going to go over the race weekend details, give you our team rundown, but first, subscribe, like us, and give us a five-star review. It helps us grow this channel also. We've got a Facebook page, the Overtake F1 Podcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at F1 Overtake Pod. All right, so qualifying on Saturday gave us a Mercedes lockout in the front row at Mexico City, but it did come under some interesting circumstances. So on the final lap at Q3, Yuki Tsunoda goes off the track, and that causes Sergio Perez, who's behind him, to get distracted. And because of that, it causes Max Verstappen, who's behind him, to slow down just enough, and that gave the Silver Arrows a front row, with Valtteri Bottas taking pole position. But remember, going into this weekend, it was all about Red Bull. Can take advantage of a track? that they had the better setup for and Mercedes trying to limit damage. So it looked good so far. They had the front row of the grid for the Grand Prix. Now, Red Bull did lock out the second row of the grid and then there was a number of cars that took engine grid penalties like George Russell, Sonoda, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, and then you had Lance Stroll who crashed in qualifying. He started last. Now, Verstappen would get a start in the Grand Prix behind Botas in P3, and that proved to be really advantageous. Now, we've seen this in circuits like Sochi and Monza, ones that have that long straight off the grid where the cars in P3 can get the slipstream off the leader. They can move past the car in second place, and if they can get a good run, maybe make a move on the leader in that first braking zone. For Verstappen, that's kind of what happened here, although Hamilton did get a good run at P3, P2 to go alongside Botas. But what Hamilton did was he had the sort of inside line. Botas was in the middle as Verstappen went to the outside. So now you have this critical turn one where Verstappen is the last one to break and he makes that outside line really work well. So you got the two Mercedes going side by side, Verstappen the last one on the brakes. He gets the outside line, uses it to a disadvantage, and he gets the lead of the Grand Prix. Botas gets spun out by Daniel Ricciardo, so now it's Hamilton on the chase for Verstappen. The four cars that pulled away from that melee were Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez, and Pierre Gasly. The safety car did come out before the opening lap was completed, Yuki Tsunoda spinning out as well as Mick Schumacher. But once racing resumed in Mexico City, it was clear Verstappen had that car dialed in perfectly. Hamilton wasn't going to catch him on pace. Oh, that was it. The only thing that he could do was possibly undercut, but that really wasn't an option either. Verstappen's lead was growing and growing and growing. It was three seconds, 10 laps into the race. Hamilton even remarked how quick Max was over the radio, but you know how those radio things work. You never know what they really mean or whatnot, but it was clear through all the data. Max had, had it completely, completely dialed in and it was his race. So outside of a mistake or maybe mechanical failure, Max was going to win this Grand Prix. It started to become clear that this race was really between two drivers. And that was the guys behind him, Hamilton, and Sergio Perez. Could Perez catch the Mercedes, pass him for a second? Would that make the fans go wild in Mexico City? Sure would. I know I was kind of pulling for it. But the fans did get to see something in this Grand Prix that was pretty special. About 30 laps into the race, this is where Hamilton came in for fresh tires. He went to the hard compound. That put the two Red Bull drivers up front. And Hamilton came back out. He was fifth behind Charles Leclerc. The Ferrari had just enough of a run on that straight to get in front of Hamilton. And that was key 
But on lap 33, Verstappen came in for tires, and with that pit stop, Sergio Perez led the Mexico City Grand Prix. The crowd went crazy, as you would expect. You could hear it everywhere in every corner of the track. Verstappen was second after coming out ahead of Hamilton, and Perez, he held the lead of that race until he pitted on lap 41. Now, Perez came out 8.3 seconds behind Hamilton when he finally did pit, and that became sort of the focal point of the race. Forget Verstappen. No one's going to catch him. But Perez could catch and pass Hamilton. If he could, it affects the championship, it affects constructors, and also, by the way, it would be a remarkable story for Formula One. We saw Max winning at, at Zandvoort. We saw Hamilton, even though he was at Cops, win at Great Britain. It would have been remarkable had Perez pulled this off in front of the hometown crowd, passing the seven-time world champion for P2, giving Red Bull a 1-2 finish in Mexico City. We'll get to that battle in a second, because behind all of that was Valtteri Bottas. He got tagged by Ricardo, and he spent most of the race behind him outside of the points. When he went in for tires, there was another problem. He ended up outside the top 10. Really frustrating day because he had a great lap on Saturday to get pole position in the first place. But, and this is key, it really was his fault that he didn't cover that outside line. That was, you know, the one that Verstappen used to take the lead of the race. That really was on Valtteri Bottas. There wasn't much overtaking on Sunday, which was, it's not a surprise at Mexico City anyway, but it did lead to a rather dull Grand Prix. Outside of the Hamilton Perez battle for P2, there really wasn't anything to write home about in Mexico City. But I think there was enough with that battle and the way the crowd was enthusiastic for it that did make this Grand Prix really interesting. Perez did get within DRS a few times. The crowd was electric. In the end, though, Hamilton had no problem holding him off. Perez didn't get on his back bumper, didn't try to really make any moves, you know, just tried to close the gap. Sergio did get a, a podium finish. That was good enough for the fans. His family was there. Red Bull, the team, they had both of their drivers on the podium for the third straight race. Now for Max, ninth win of the season, and it extends his championship lead to 19 points as we go to Brazil. Botas did manage to get a fast lap, so Max didn't get the point there. And even when he did that, that was all messed up too. It it really was it really was a weird day for Botas. I mean, I to go from the exuberance of starting from pole to just the kind of Grand Prix that he had. Yikes! Uh, overall, though, this wasn't the most exciting Grand Prix. There wasn't any real racing battles. There wasn't a strategic element to this that affected the race. It was simply Max Verstappen getting the lead in turn one, keeping the lead, dominating this race, and then a few other battles to nitpick along the way, including a big one for P2. I mean, Hamilton did hold off Checo. It just wasn't, it didn't become the sort of classic uh, Fernando Alonso Hamilton battle in, in Hungary, for example. Red Bull was better suited in Mexico City, and boy, did it show. In the end, this is how it shaked out. This wasn't a shock. It was expected. And, you know, when you think about it, it's Circuit of, of the Americas, Mercedes' stronghold. It should have been a Silver Arrow triumphant day, and it was instead it was Max and Red Bull sort of stealing that. I don't think people, due to the altitude, I don't think people thought that Mercedes was going to pull this off. Yeah, sure, having your both drivers on, on the front grid, it makes you go, well, it could happen. But if Red Bull was dialed in, and remember, their final qualifying laps were sort of derailed by Yuki Sonoda going off the track, get, kind of getting out of the way. 
if who knows what would have happened if those guys had really clean final Q3 laps. All right, so let's get to the teams and how they fared. Red Bull, you can't get any better than what they did. Max wins. Perez gets a podium. Brilliant move by Verstappen to use that slipstream perfectly, take advantage of that outside line to make the pass. And once he did, look out, he was that fast. Perez should be commended to. He really wanted to perform well in front of that crowd, and he did. So it's a fantastic day for Red Bull. Again, they're getting podiums up for both their drivers. They've taken the lead in the constructors. Max has got a nice, comfortable, but not dominant lead in the championship. But it's going to take some work for Mercedes. Couldn't ask for a better weekend for Red Bull. Yes, they got synoded and everything, you know, the, the, the line Christian Horner used, which is I wish he didn't use it. But in the end, it was a great weekend for Red Bull. Mercedes. Honestly, though, hear me out. I don't think this was a bad outcome. Yes, they had the front row lockout, but they didn't have Red Bull's pace in Mexico City. They knew it. Toto Wolf even said it. They all knew it. So if we can credit Red Bull for getting a P2 at a Mercedes track like Sochi, where Verstappen took those tires, was able to make them work and get a P2. Remember out of that race was like, hey, they didn't have a lot of damage. They minimized the damage in this championship fight. Can't we kind of do the same thing here for the Silver Arrows? I mean, this was a Red Bull stronghold. I know a little different circumstances. Max started at the back of the grid, and so it was sort of a pleasant surprise you got a P2. In this case, Mercedes had their front two, you know, first their, their drivers on the front line. But still, think about it. What would have been the best result, honestly, for Mercedes? And it would have been finishing behind uh, anybody but Verstappen, but if it's Verstappen, at least finishing P2. And that's what they did. And preventing Verstappen from beginning a fast lap, which they did. So every scenario that they drew up in their data, this really was the best outcome. They weren't capable of winning the race on pace, so they did the next best thing. I, I guess the only area of disappointment would be for Botas. Total Wolf wanted a penalty for Daniel Ricardo for that first lap incident. He didn't get it. Botas did leave the outside wide open for Verstappen to take that opportunity. So again, I don't think they left Mexico City thrilled, but I don't think it was a lost effort. I, I just think that they knew what to expect and what they expected pretty much came true and they took advantage of it as best they could. How about Ferrari? It was a great day for the Scuderia. Both drivers finishing in the points. Both took their shots at Pierre Gasly, who was running fourth. Carlos Sainz went longer on his tires when he had late pace. He switched positions with Leclerc to give a Gasly a run. That didn't really work out, so they swapped again. It was a P5 and a P6 for the team. They take over P3 in the Constructors' Championship. Ferrari, they've been pretty consistent over the past few races. I got to tell you, this new sort of engine upgrade that they've had has really been working out for them. How about McLaren, though? Terrible day. One of the worst of the team this season was a P10 for Lando, but he did start on the back of the grid with a penalty. And uh, P12 for Ricardo, who uh, locked up into turn one, tagged Botas on the opening lap. His race was basically over after that. There was damage to the front wing. It, uh, there was other damage that really limited the car he was holding off Botas in the back of the field a lot of the race but it wasn't his day after that that incident on the opening lap Lando did do a long stint and made that work for a p10 that is a point so he got that but overall they did lose p3 in the constructors championship to Ferrari which has been my sort of second favorite battle of the season outside of the world championship 
I, I've been really dialed in to Ferrari, McLaren. I, I, you know, what else? What else have we got in terms of construction? Alfatari, it's a P4 for Pierre Gasly. He avoided serious trouble in that incident on turn one, that complete mess. Held off the Ferraris. They gave him a good, good run, but he held both of them off. A great result. His teammate Yuki Tsunoda, though, had a rough weekend. Despite getting into Q3 on Saturday, albeit on the soft tires, he had to start 17th with an injured grid penalty. Like I told you, there was a lot of drivers who had that uh, coming up on uh, on Sunday. He got hit by Esteban Ocon that led to a DNF. His weekend, however, was probably the lowest on Saturday when he went off the track. That led to bad laps by Perez and Verstappen behind him. Again, Christian Horner is saying his driver got cenoted. I, I hope that, be- that does not become a thing. I said it twice already in this podcast. It's too, too many. I don't think that's a that was a good line. Aston Martin, Sebastian Vettel finishing P7. That was probably as good as they could get from the Grand Prix from him. He had a really good drive. Um, one of the his highest finishes of the season. But unfortunately, it was not a good weekend for Lance Stroll. He had a crash on the final corner in Q1 Saturday. Started 20th. Did make some moves. He finished P14. Mexico is just not the circuit to follow cars and pass them from the back end of the field. But again, it was a good race for Seb, and they did leave with some points. How about Alpine? Esteban Ocon finishing the race after getting hit twice on the opening lap. He had P14, but, you know, he could have DNF'd on that one. Fernando Alonso made some good moves. He finished P9. For Ocon, and I'll play optimist here, it was a pretty good day, really. He started in the back with the engine penalty. He got hit twice. He still moved up from where he started, even if it's outside the points. Okay, maybe I'm trying a little bit hard, but, I, you know, it's not, not a bad day when you consider those circumstances. All right, let's go to Alfa Romeo. It was a non-points event again for Antonio Giovinazzi, who, as I said in the preview, he's fighting for that seat. He did was running, I think, seventh at one point. Um, he, fin- he he They brought him in for tires a little early, and then it didn't really work out, so he finished P11, so he's outside the points again. I, I think it was P6, to be honest with you. I think as far as he got. But Kimi Raikkonen, they, they did sort of the opposite with Kimi. They left him out a little bit longer. He absolutely made that work in his final run in Mexico City. Kimi Raikkonen finishing eighth. So a a, kind of a a mixed bag for Alfa Romeo at this race. Williams, Russell did get into the points at one point in the race and then fell backwards. He just didn't have a pace. It was a P16 for George Russell. Frustrating day for him. Did take an engine penalty, but he, and he did good moving up in the points from back of the field. It's not easy to do that at Mexico city. Nicholas Latifi, he didn't have anything either. He finished P17. Haas, Mick Schumacher had to retire early after getting tangled with Esteban Ocon and Yuki Sonoda on the opening lap. Nikita Mazepin, he finished P18 without any problems. Uh, so at least there were no problems for Haas. So now it is time to head to Brazil, and there will be a sprint qualifying race that will be the final one of the season. You are talking about a 19-point lead for Max Verstappen. Now, when we ran the first sprint qualifying race in uh, Silverstone back in July, it, I did not like it then, and I certainly don't like it now. Points being awarded uh, based on the qualifying result at the sprint race. I'm not a fan of this. And let's say it comes down to just a handful of points. Are we going to really be looking back on these sprint races as the deciding reason uh, Max Verstappen or even Lewis Hamilton in a comeback attempt manages to win the championship? All right, you can sell me on the sprint race, but please, I just don't want world championship points attached to it. It's kind of I'm a broken record on this, but again, I just want 
wanted to make, keep making it clear, especially this weekend. I don't want to ruin the festive mood that's going to be in, in Brazil. This is the second race of the triple header. 19-point lead for Verstappen, and it should be, again, another one of those weekends where we're going to be talking about the potential of where Red Bull can c- come away with how many points are they going to need before they go to what is predicted to be strong race circuits for Mercedes and Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Abu Dhabi. Although Abu Dhabi, you had Max Verstappen winning there last year, but remember, Lewis Hamilton came back, you know, from COVID, and you know they had already had the, everything wrapped up. So there's a little bit of pl- that play at Abu Dhabi, but I think that a lot of the conversation this weekend is going to be about. If Mercedes can cut it to this many points or Red Bull could extend it to this many points, it might be a buffer heading into the final three races of the season. All right. And one final note, this is going to be a little bit of a short uh, Mexico City Grand Prix review. Uh, One, I have a cold, so I've been fighting that with my uh, radio show and doing these podcasts, but I'm soon to get over that. But the second thing I want to point out is this is now, uh, well, I'm going to go back to to Silverstone with Hamilton. We, we started to see the opening of the crowds arriving at these Grand Prix now. And albeit we've had some races where it's 60%, 70%, 50%. But Silverstone had 140,000 people there and Lewis Hamilton won the race. And then you had Zandvoort and it wasn't a full capacity, but they hadn't been there in 36 years. And Max Verstappen started from pole, dominated the race. And you got to see the Dutch fans having that sort of really celebratory feel to it. Now we were in Mexico city and the same thing for Checo Perez, this, this overwhelming warmth to one driver that represents them. And as an American formula one fan, I would love to see the day where we have in this country, a driver that does that same thing for us that those of you in the Netherlands, those of you in Mexico, those of you in great Britain, those of you around the world that have a driver that, matches your nationality that you can cheer for. I know Alexander Rossi did compete in the U S Grand Prix. I get, we've had American drivers in formula one, but I'm talking about like a legitimate level star, not a superstar. doesn't have to be a world championship driver, but not a driver that's on a back marker team, right? That, you know, a driver that he has a capability of finishing well, has a capability of putting on a good show because what I'm, you know, I, you know, what I saw at the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin really was special to me as a guy that's been fighting for the sport for a long time to start seeing it grow. But it, it's even more. I'm like ramping it up more when I see how much the fans in these countries rally around a driver. I mean, they're just too numerous to name. You know, Daniel Ricciardo in Australia and Fernando Alonso in Spain and you know whatnot. It's just too numerous. There's so many of them. But I would love that if we could, if, and that may be years down the road. I know the Michael Andretti move to buy Salva didn't work out. And that, that means, you know, Colton Herta, despite some super license issues, may not be going to Formula One anytime soon. And we may not see it anytime soon. But to see a one country rally around one driver, I'd love to see it at, at Austin, Miami, wherever you know, the U.S. Grand Prix is going to be run. 10 years down the road or even five years down the road. I'd love to see it. I don't think we are immediately, but I'm hoping down the road. All right. Again, Brazil. It's the second race of a triple header. We're going to have our preview coming up later this week. So again, congratulations to Max Verstappen and Red Bull. You did what you had to do in Mexico city, but Mercedes, a little bit of hats off to you and Lewis Hamilton for at least getting a P2, at least trying to minimize as much damage as you possibly could. Kind of got the job done there as well. All right, so later on this week, we will have a preview of the Brazilian Grand Prix. I'm Tony Desiri, and this is the F1 Overtake Podcast.